How did this get slayed? <laughs> the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and ooh-iest horror video games of all time. That spooky third W is courtesy of at mindtaker underscore. Submit yours at get played pod hashtag www. I'm Ick Diger, along with my co-host. I'm Hairmouth Camp Counselors Can't Find the Kids. Where are the kids? Where'd the kids go? Oh my god, no! Along with my co-host. Bat Babaduka, bringing back a classic, baby. <laughs> wow. Hell, everyone. Hell, everyone, and welcome back, Spooky Bucket. <laughs> Edge of tomorrow is sci-fi, but hey, you better kind watch of a show. hellish sort of thing. Okay, I'll allow it, but okay. you better you better you better fucking relax with that stuff. Sh- sh- it's a hellish have... reality he lives in. I I'm 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 worried. I was worried that like too many of my ghost names this month have gone for shock value over horror ideas. Sure. I don't know about that. So I wanted like hair mouth is like my idea is like a mouth like you open your mouth and just like long hair is hanging out of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Body horror. But, but really would disturbing. it have been would it would would like gore face pussy eyes would that or like <laughs> That well, those, are just is, wor- those are just words. What, yeah, that that one to me is not as bad because it's not as visceral. Okay. Like, what am I even picturing? Well, so well, it would be like your eyes. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think there's a lot of room for imagination with that one. <laughs> well, what could this mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hair mouth. Hair, uh, yuck. <laughs> like, like you, you wake up and you go, oh, oh, and yeah, it's just not even like a hairball, it's just like no. in yeah. your mouth, growing no. out of your cheeks. Yeah, like your beard grew oh, inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair mouth. I, I saw a photo of some. There's like a rare, fo- a rare, a mutation in some species of frogs where their eyes grow on the inside of their mouths, which is like it's really it's a true nightmare. That would be, I would, I, I'd like that, I think. See what's going on I, there. I feel like a real, a real um, opportunity for hype beast clothing would be a Kermit the Frog drawing with the eyes inside the mouth. Sure. Yeah. You know? A uh, quick question. What is hype beast? Oh, no, Weiger. Really? Wow. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> it's like Wait. a cool new monster. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Millennials are crazy for the hype beast. Oh no. <laughs> when has there been a cool monster? When have people been like, you gotta get a load of this monster? Mm, Everybody's yeah. talking about this monster. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess some 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 icons of horror maybe kind of had their day when they were they were trendy. Back when, like, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was new, everyone's like, you got to read this fucking thing. This thing's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, feel, I feel like when we don't have a, a game, specific game or a guest, that I'm always a little concerned about the, uh, the openings of the show being a... Like what? Like like somebody wandered in on a dining room where somehow nobody's eating, but they're all sitting at the table together talking, and it's not about anything. Hmm. <laughs> That's what people love. People love 
when people are just kind of like talking shop, chopping it I don't up. Know. I don't know right. that that's true. I don't think that's true. I think they want hard scores, numbers, and conflict. I think that's what they want. Wait, maybe that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you watching anything? Where are the scores? I need the Where's scores. Where's the scores and the conflict? <laughs> That's why 12 Angry Men is my favorite thing of all time. It's just people arguing and then uh, almost a stabbing and numbers the entire time. Yeah. Right. That's pretty good. That's, you know what? Yeah. That's what's, what's my favorite thing where people are mad and yelling? Mm-hmm. January my childhood 6th. memories. Oh, boy. Well, well, that's rough. It's been a real spooktober here. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nick's joke better. January 6th. Yeah, that was pretty, <laughs> pretty I mean, fun. They're just roasting on the same thing. <laughs> uh, hey, you know we, we've got we got some we got some horror themed uh, video game music to get to in a bit. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite spooky tunes from both horror games and other games that still kind of qualify. We'll get into that, but first, it's time to talk some video games. And hey, we better around what we should call this portion of the show, mm-hmm. and. I had a pitch a while back, and I think it's time to implement it because it's from a spooky game. Oh. What are you playing? Oh, yes. That's, that's right. nice. All right. I like it. Yeah, that's fun. It okay. did scare me, but that's really fun. <laughs> that's from Resident Evil 4, which first premiered on the GameCube in the year 2004 five. What one was it? I don't know. I would say it's like 2000. I think it was 2004 because I remember wanting to play that game but not having a GameCube and then playing it when they ported it to PS2 mm. and always just being kind of like kind of weird that that was on the GameCube first. Yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, there was a there's some interesting exclusives. Resident Evil 4 being a timed exclusive on the GameCube was a was a fascinating dis- decision and I'm not quite Your sure. Your release was 2005, by 2005. the way. 2005. I'm not quite sure why they did that. Maybe they just got some money from Nintendo. And it like Have stuck t- around. They did a Wii yeah. port and everything. Yeah. Have I talked about my my good time memories of playing Resident Evil 4 when I lived in Amsterdam? I don't think mm, so. Don't it's think mostly so, yeah. a food-based memory. Here's how it mm, goes. Okay. So every Saturday when I had the day off, I would play Resident Evil 4 with a friend and we would order the same pizza from Domino's uh, in Holland and Holland Domino's had totally different foods and they had a pizza called the double decker and one layer was was soft soft crust then a cheese then a crispy crust a different cheese wow. sauce and pepperoni wow it was like the crunch tacular supreme or whatever the fuck from Taco oh, Bell oh yeah the crunch wrap supreme with pizza yeah yeah that's great Excellent pizza should be available international. Why did you Probably come back here? Even, uh, <laughs> so I could do this <laughs> years later. Good decision. <laughs> I, yeah, you have so many specific memories attached to playing games. It seems. Um, what do you think that means? <laughs> I, don't I don't think it means anything. I think it just means yeah. I have a memory. Sure. Do you, yeah, do you have non-specific? Do you just like sometimes you think back on playing a game and there's nothing associated with it? You're just like, I sat on my couch and I played a game. Nothing was happening. Is that like how it goes for most people? I remember the content of the game more so than the experience of playing it. 
Although mm. there are maybe some instances where I'm like, you know, it's like watching a movie. I don't necessarily remember the experience of watching the movie. I remember what happens in the movie. I guess there are some instances where I was like, I was at the theater and the the as soon as the lights came up, this old dude farted, which actually happened <laughs> once, which was very funny. He like farted super loud and like the theater is quiet. And then he said, well, you're just sitting for so long. Like to explain. <laughs> I like what? the idea that that happened. And it, he waited until like the movie was over. He was like, thank God. Yeah. Like, could, could not interrupt the movie. With this. Why would you wait for the lights to come up? Like, so that people I could don't see know. I, I have to think that it was like that. It was just that it, that it was tied to like how how he stood up or something. Like he just accidentally like let one out? fly. I guess so. Or just like he shifted in his seat while he was getting a stand up yeah. or just it was an instance of timing. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember the movie ended and the lights started to come up and that's when this dude like fucking let one rip. Do you remember and what it was movie it was? Very funny. Yeah, it was uh it was an Errol Morris documentary. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was the one yeah, tabloid. Errol Morris's uh-huh. tabloid. So like in wow. an indie theater and um God, and that's it was so uh, funny. It was super funny. That's even better now knowing what the movie is, honestly. Because <laughs> if it was but like yeah, the clumps, you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, they already did that. It's not. Yeah, I just get it. Nothing. So what? He's just in the mood yeah. watching the movie. <laughs> so what are you guys? I, I, I'll, I guess I can start by talking about Diablo 2 Resurrected, which is, you know, a game we considered covering mm-hmm. during this month of horror games. Uh, ultimately, I think it was probably the right decision to talk about the games that we did cover. But I did want to talk about it a little bit because I've been playing it. Yeah. And I'm having fun with it. And it is, you know, it's, it's a little, it's, it's not necessarily scary, but it is creepy and horrific. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a very bloody, violent game. And Matt, I know you've gotten some reps playing this bad boy as well. It's it was remastered by and and we didn't talk about this when we were playing the the open beta, but you know it's a it's a Blizzard game obviously, but it was remastered by Vicarious Visions, which is the same studio that did the Tony Hawk remaster mm-hmm. that we we covered on the podcast, and it's the same approach. Demon Souls remaster, you know, is it was a different studio, Blue Point, but it's the same sort of approach of just a, just a total graphical overhaul, just making the aesthetics just like completely. Uh, look contemporary, but keeping the gameplay mostly in line with what it was back in the day. In fact, in the case of this one, it's just the exact same engine and code. It's just a graphical layer on top of the original uh, engine that ran on PCs in, you know, 2000 and 2001 when this game was originally released. Um, so it's a, so it plays pretty much exactly as you remember it. Uh, I do have to note that in recent days, the Battle.net servers have been horrible, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, another letdown from Blizzard. And it sucks that it's just like this really well-crafted, you know, remaster from this, uh, from Vicarious Visions that is, it's not their fault that the servers aren't working, but the servers aren't working. So, you know, people have been very frustrated. And I'll also say that I ran into this. Does it does it around to you guys where uh, you have like the time you have to play a game lines up with when the servers are down. Yeah. Like, it's just like, 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 like it was like Sunday. I was like, oh, I have time to play this game. And then for like most of the day on Sunday, it was just like the Battle.net servers were inaccessible. I was like, well, this fucking blows. I'm going to spend time with my wife. 
We'd already discussed that this was going to be my time to play games. I wasn't. I, I, I love spending time with my wife. I'm just yeah. saying. I want to say that's not like yeah. a thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't planning to do that today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I already did that. Yes. Um, I I hadn't really experienced that until I started playing this. Honestly, because I don't play a lot mm-hmm. of online games um, or games that like require you to be online to play it. Um, so like, do I'm also playing on Switch though. And I feel like I've had fewer issues than most people because maybe not as many people are on the on the Switch server. Maybe I think more people bought it for for PC and other consoles. But I I I got it for Switch because I had so much fun uh, with with Diablo three on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it's because and it only because I got in there after everybody had a bad time with it. Uh, so when I got to Diablo three, it was good. Um, yeah, they they pa- they really you know yeah. patched the hell out of that. They did a lot of updates to to improve it and rebalance it. And then when the console versions came out, they like you know they did a bunch to make that a, like very playable on console. I, my understanding is, and I, I've been playing it on PC. I messed around a little bit with the uh, on on PS5 when it was when the open beta was at, but but right now I've, I've been with a full release. I've only been playing on the PC with mouse and keyboard. My understanding is that. The Diablo 2 remaster on console does not have all those kind of, you know, quality of life things that the that Diablo 3 does. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, and, and, and gameplay tweaks for console direct control. Like, you can't, like, roll on Diablo 3, on Diablo 2, right? Yeah. It's just, like, it's the same, you know, you're, you're limited to the, to the uh, normal movement. And then also, I think the, I've heard, and again, I haven't. I, I sort of experienced this with the open beta, but I didn't get a lot of time with it. But that, that the that inventory management is a little tedious on console. It's a little tough because I yeah. would imagine playing it with the mouse and keyboard, you have a little more freedom. Uh, but the the those menus are small, right? Right. Like so, if you're playing handheld, uh, which I have been, um, it's kind of hard to see what's going on there and stuff. But I, I I'm enjoying it as well. I'm not. I haven't played it that much. Have you been squatting up? Or are you playing you flying through it solo? Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um I like I, I like just kind of like I'll play online in multiplayer and I'll mm-hmm. I'll you know hop into a game with because you'll get an experience multiplier if you're in a game with multiple people, because uh, the uh, the enemy difficulty scales up. So I, I will like hop into games with multiple people, but th- I've always kind of enjoyed unless it's a friend I'm playing with and Matt, if you ever want to party up, let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it, uh, okay, well. <laughs> If I, I always I like playing with people I know, playing with strangers, I'm just like I've always just been less into that in yeah. Diablo for whatever reason. But I, I, but I do like to play it single player a lot. Uh, and and my for my first playthrough, I was just like, because you know I I played through this, I finished this game so many times because that's just the nature of it. You just keep re-rolling new characters and mm-hmm. and playing through normal and nightmare and hell difficulty, and then rinse and repeat and get new loot and. Uh, uh, that I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna. I haven't do something I haven't done since like basically launch, which is just play through the whole campaign single player mm-hmm. and like listen, not skip through any of the dialogue and watch all the cinematics. They redid all the cinematics and they 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 look gorgeous. And I was always like, you know what? This game's got like a good story. I kind you you forget that about it. it's a really cool world, but like the story is like very it's straightforward, but it's very compelling. Yeah, I'm. I, it seems like across the board, everyone has been. I I read some reviews of it, and a lot of them were like, 
yeah, it's fucking Diablo 2. Like, what do you, like, it, yeah, no shit, it's good. Like, uh, it, sure. just pl- it, it plays how it plays. Um, you can't, like, you know, they, how they say you can't polish a turd when something's bad. You can't polish a diamond. Like, it's like, I mean, I guess you can, but, because uh, that's what uh, jewelers do, actually. Yeah. So it's like a bad, a bad metaphor. Yeah. Um, but they're like, it's as good as you think it is because it's good. Um, it's just, it's just rock solid. But, it, but Vicarious Visions also, I think, did the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy also, mm. and maybe the Spyro um, Trilogy remaster also. So they're just a good, they're, they're churning out some classic, like, remasters, it sounds like. They're doing great, great work. I have never, ever been in a section of a gaming podcast, our gaming podcast, for this long without having anything to contribute. <laughs> like, even when you branched out and we were like, Crash Bandicoot, I was like, nope, didn't play that game. Like, yeah. I, I have nothing, I I still haven't played Diablos, any of them. None. I wonder if you would like it. I don't think I would, which is why I've mm. been hesitant to drop bucks on it. I, I'd be interested because- I love dropping it, bucks. I love a drop a buck. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like combat and these games are they're nothing but combat. It's just it's just killing enst- uh, like endless waves of monsters and then collecting loot. So but like like it, you Isn't it mousy combat? It depends on what platform you're playing it on. I mean, you could play it with a controller. Uh but yeah, it it, it is it is like, you know, yeah, it, it uh, in its original form, it's like indirect control. It's like you're yeah. you're you're clicking where your character goes and you're clicking how what they attack. Uh but there's some, you know, that it, it can get pretty frantic, it can get pretty pretty manic, and if you if you're not geared up correctly or if you're you know, under leveled, or if you just get surrounded, it can be it can have it can give, have some challenge to it. I'm, you can put I'm, yourself in some peril. I'm building an ice sorceress right now, and she just like wrecks house with like a beam of ice, and like people like monsters just like crumble when they get mm-hmm. touched by the ice. It's very fun. Yeah, for my first playthrough, I did the I did a zeal paladin, which is a zealot is mm-hmm. the the build called, which is like not like a you know it's it's like a B or C tier build, but it's very fun because it's all melee, and you just go in there and you just use the skill to uh to just like whack a bunch of monsters at once. But then, but you know, it's pretty good, but it's a little bit of a grind because it's just, uh, that's what I did for that solo playthrough. And then so for my next character, I, I rolled a trapsin, a trap assassin, and it's just melting waves of enemies. It's just so <laughs> OP. It's just so powerful. And so it, it's, 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 it, yeah, it is interesting how a game it's, it's been so optimized by the player base because people have been playing it for literally 20 years that some of the, you know, it's it, their guides to tell you just exactly what to do level by level in order to have just a completely uh, S tier character. I love it. I yeah, uh, I haven't finished it really because I've been bouncing through uh, a couple other a couple other games. But I want to Heather. I want to hear more about VR. Oh yes. Well, um. Boy, I don't you, even know no. where to begin. <laughs> you know, I, I think I talked on the podcast last week about mm-hmm. beating people to death in with my yes. hands. Yes. Um, since then, I have played. I haven't had a lot of time. I've been working really hard. Well, you know, I work hard for my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you so can drop hard some for bucks. my money. 
Yeah, so I can drop some bucks. Uh, but last <laughs> night I had a, I had an, uh, an hour and a half or so, and and uh, so one of the games I played was Project Cars Two, which I think had been on sale because I was like, I don't know if I want a racing game, and I raced my own car, my own car, a Datsun, mm-hmm. uh, down PCH in a race, so a, a road that I can drive on, but in a race in VR. And it was like hallucinating. I I mean, I looked, I was sitting in my car looking at my dash, but also I was in a virtual reality car driving down the uh, racing at like 110 miles an hour. I immediately went to Amazon and dragged and dropped steering wheel and, um, oh God, what was it? Uh, the steering wheel mount. Uh-huh. Uh, into my into my cart. I didn't buy them, but I I was like, this you what look- this is incredible. This is incredible. So wow. huge highlight, wow. wonderful experience. I I'm, I don't I think I've said this on the show that when I was a kid, my very first thing that I wanted to be when I wanted a job, like they ask you when you're in like preschool, was race car driver. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I thought about a lot about that when I was racing my car down mm-hmm. the PCH. Um, another game I've been playing is, um, Space Engine, which is just a universe simulator and you point to stars and then drag the universe towards you. And it's all fucking like, you're just in space. It, I, I mean, think about, (laughs) think about, think about standing in the middle of space and being like, What's that one? Oh, it's Kepler 31B. And then yeah. you drag it towards right. you. Or you can like rocket ship towards it. Or you can travel towards it in real time. <laughs> 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 it just stays in the distance. That's so like, imagine No visible change. It, yeah, it'll ne- you'll never get there. Just drive yourself <laughs> insane. <laughs> Um, but that was really cool. That was uh that was a recommendation from one of our get played listeners on Twitter. And Pulse is a thing. Pulse has a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh uh who was a recommended space engine to me. Excellent recommendation. Uh so what else have I played? Um Beat Saber, which we've all seen videos of Beat Saber, and it's like this this doesn't look like the game for me. Like who, you know, it's just a rhythm game with lightsabers. That's I was fucking wrong. Yeah. Uh close close my Apple Watch rings on that game mm-hmm. in 15 minutes. Yeah. Take off the helmet and I'm like sweating and I'm like, "Oh my god, you what what isn't visible I think in my, many of the playthroughs is how much squats are in that game." Mm-hmm. Like there'll be bricks flying at you and you got to squat um, it's, it, it's lonely. It's lonely to VR mm. game. Yeah. Let's see what else I've done. I've done the Louvre experience. Have I talked about that? I don't think I so. I don't think so. Oh, shit. Okay. So you, you go, first off, you go, you're outside the Louvre mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to travel like anybody else in the last 18 months. And so I was like, oh my fucking God, I'm at, at the Louvre. That's really cool. Then you go inside the Louvre. And uh, you, the paintings are on the wall and you can walk up to them if you have mm-hmm. room scale or you can like drag the room towards you. You can get right up in the painting. You click a button. It does like a guided tour. It's like, well, this Da Vinci masterpiece was painted in 1504 or yeah. whatever. 
Then you go into the main room where the Mona Lisa is. And generally, if you've ever been to the Louvre, the Mona Lisa is like the one painting you can't look at because there's like 300 fucking people in front of you all with their cameras. Mm -hmm. So there's like in the room, there's like ghosts of people kind of walking around. And it's like, Mm. and, and the narrator in your head is like, Usually you can't get very close to the Mona Lisa, but today it's just you and her. And then the Mona Lisa comes towards you and you can examine it. And then they take the layers of the painting and they start separating them. So you can see different layers of the painting. And then they put you in the space where it was painted and show you what all of the gestures on the painting mean. It's fucking great. Wow. And for no reason at all, the experience ends with you in the Da Vinci bird flying machine contraptions flying over Florence. <laughs> but what? But until then, <laughs> until then, it's like this is if what I mean. Like so many kids yeah. are bored in school because right. school is boring and the information is presented in a boring way. Like I, school I was sucks. like. Fuck, I know so much about the fucking Mona Lisa now. School yeah. sucks. Drop School out. Sucks. Yes. Drop out. Be like Steve Jobs. Take drugs. Drop out. Um, yeah, be exactly like Steve Jobs. <laughs> direly be billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Treat everybody like absolute shit. <laughs> Don't buy furniture. Yeah. Drop out. <laughs> Get a turtleneck, you bitch. <laughs> Every free moment I get that I'm not spending prepping for this podcast, I'm yeah. in VR. It's wow. I, I, Can I tell you my concern about VR? Yes. What is it? It's that I don't I'm, think I'm I would. I'm getting so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> it's that I don't think I would come back. I, 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 sure. I don't think I would leave it. Um, it seems so good. I've tried Beat Saber. Not on like a, I guess it is a VR rig, but it was at an arcade, an arcade in downtown Los wow. Angeles. I played this and I think it was called Two Bit Circuit or Two Bit Circus or something, like a barcade type of place. And thinking about that now, that is the last thing I would ever do again on Earth. I cannot right. believe I put on a communal helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Put my face into it, right? And sweat into it. Just just your open, wet eyeballs right next to where somebody else's open, wet eyeballs had just been. Yeah, just yeah. to beat Saber to Panic at the Disco's High Hopes. Like, why? <laughs> the Mayor Pete song? Yeah, the Mayor Pete song. Wow. I did the Mayor Pete dance to it. <laughs> Abadaka, you live close enough to me. You should just come over sometime. Yeah. We, you know, we're vexed. You could, yeah. We, you should do some, you should do some VR. I would love it because I, I, th- well, are you okay with me never leaving it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a two host show again because <laughs> Abadaka's dried out husk of a corpse is laying on my garage floor. I, I'm also having a memory of like being in an arcade as a kid. And putting on this like helmet that was like a war, like a like a like a military game, 
And it was, but it was not like as sophisticated. It probably looked like shit now, but in my mind, I was like, wow, I'm like on the beach in Normandy, like, do, you know, putting in some work, <laughs> like <laughs> really, really doing it. Um, but yeah. I can't remember. It was yellow. I remember it was a yellow, like, machine, but I can't remember what it was called. Um, and I don't remember what Arcadia was at, and I don't remember anything else about it that would be helpful to find to find what it was. Um, try Google Yellow Machine. It was a, it was a headset. Yeah. It was a headset you put on, like it, you like you take it off of the machine and it'd it be was like, like wired. Think about it on like a crane, sort of, and it was like a thing you pulled down to your head and you held like the helmet because the helmet had like triggers on it, and it was like a weird this weird thing yeah or like the triggers were out in front of you or something what the hell could that have been maybe it was maybe d- did i get jason Bourne trained you. do we think that's what happened to me <laughs> <laughs> i don't i have yeah i have no idea what that could have been well um i'm making it up just kidding <laughs> I no I, i've definitely i mean i've definitely seen like cabinets you get entirely inside there there was that one there was the the one that would i think would rotate yeah it was like fully enclosed but like an actual headset that attaches that you put on. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm drawing yeah, a blank. Yeah, it was like, it was, the best way I could describe it, it was like a crane that you pulled down to your head. And it then stayed on your head. Your head uh-huh. stayed in there. And then there was other, like, there was like, it was sort of like you were operating like a Gatling gun, sort of, without the rotation. You're just like, doom, 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 doom. Uh, everyone's mad. Everyone hearing this is mad because I don't, it doesn't, I don't have information mm. in there. I'm not helping them. Get no, mad at me is, for knowing. I'm. I think people. I think probably someone knows exactly what you're talking about, and is just, that person is definitely mad. Yeah, because they're because they're yelling you. what the answer is at you. If you're the one person that knows it, you you may tweet at me. But if you don't know, if you you don't don't tweet me about. It. <laughs> I only want to hear from the one person who knew it first, and you should work that out amongst yourselves. <laughs> I don't need fifty tweets telling me what the game was. <laughs> it, it was a it was a war game, like it was like a military sh- game, like a yeah, shooter. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, but not ringing a bell. Well, it so the one person you can tell me. I, I I'll I'll, I'll okay. take that information from you. Um, but oh god, was there something else, Heather, from VR? Because I I mean I am like I don't. You have the garage, so you have like some. You can put in some like some work space wise like you can really get in there get in the weeds yeah i have yeah. i have about the space of a car yeah that which usually is occupied by my car mm-hmm. but then i pull my car out so i can do vr yeah mm-hmm. um and now i'm like coming i'm like hi ah, i should take my car to the mechanic they might need to look at it for a few days yeah <laughs> <laughs> i might i should uh push my car off a fucking cliff <laughs> yeah uh, but um yeah there's i have some i have some nice space here i still haven't played the game that comes with it which is half life alex which i hear is incredible mm-hmm. yes everyone loves I'm that i'm so i'm so f- uh, like in love so far with the realistic experiences like yeah uh, that national parks game that I talked about before, uh, driving down PCH one beat saber, which is just like what I have to do at night in order to save, you know, keep protect the earth. Very right. similar, very similar. Uh, but like, it's, it's been like, a, it's been like a vacation machine, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and that's been what I've been primarily using it for going to places, looking at things, sitting in different environments, 
getting out of my, it's really ready player one ning me. Oh, and I did VR chat. I did VR chat, which what was, was that like. All right. So VR chat is just the metaverse. Like if you've had mm. the concept of the metaverse ever explained to you in ready player one in snow crash, in any of these fucking books or movies where it's like, Oh, you go into a, an online perpetual world and there are people there and they're building stuff and you can go to any of those things. So you, if you drop into a random room, it's just a bunch of teenagers all saying, oh, fuck you, fuck, fuck you. And, and like grabbing each other in the genitals. And uh-huh. yeah. like it's just, it's just vulgar horror. Yeah. But if you go, you can search through any of these worlds that people have designed. And the first one I went to was called, I think, Colony 4 which was a designed Gundam style off-world colony that's like that that perf that full circle and you can drive the full wow. thing like you can go everywhere on it that was awesome i i went to another one that was just the the ending scene from the end of evangelion rendered in 3d whoa so you're like on the beach and you look up and there's ray's giant head and it's like, oh shit, because you you don't see it because when you you yeah. instance in when you what do you call that spawn when you spawn mm-hmm. in, uh, you're not looking at that. So you look over to your your shoulder and suddenly it's there. You can choose any avatar of anything that has ever been made and appear like that to other people. It's fucking crazy. Um, and it's just like a hangout space, right? An infinite hangout space with games and music and movies screening it's fucking crazy i just like i feel like i need a task (laughs) like i get like i get that it's like hey this is this cool alternate universe you can enter and you can be whoever you want you can interact with people but it's like i feel like i need a quest or else i'm just gonna lose interest but there are games inside of vr chat that people have made that are like shooting games or puzzle games or whatever um I felt creepy being in there because I was like, I mean, this is a room of teenagers. In no other environment would I be standing in this room. I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're rich teenagers, so they're a little different. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt, I'm going to share an image with you. You tell me if this is the game you remember. Okay. Because I was I I think I also found it. So I wonder if we found the same thing. Is this it? Uh, hmm. I think, yeah, I think, I think so. I was, I. <laughs> the game the is called Vortex? VR, VR Vortex. So. And I, there is I, a yellow helmet attached. There is a yellow helmet attached. That looks like it's a little more intense than what I played. I think what I found is, is this. And I'll share my screen. Okay. Beachhead 2000. Okay, this, this, it might be the same cabinet, which is with a different game be. inside of it. Yeah, because yeah, that looks like the same helmet. Yeah, um, and it's like, uh, it, it, it is exactly as I described. You're sort of like firing a, like two, a, a, like a gun like this with like yeah. two barrels and they're just. Like a turret. Doom, 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 doom. It's going nuts. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and you're kind of defending that beachhead, it seems like. Yeah, kind 2000. Kind of in place. Wow, very cool. <laughs> and yeah, that's the game that I played. 
And I would um, uh, never get past any of it because uh, it was bad. Uh, I, w- I was bad at it. I don't know if the game right. was bad. I can't speak to that. I don't know. What did I, what did I know? It was the year 2000. I would guess it's at minimum kind of crude. Like it's just like, you know, a pretty, pretty simple implementation of VR. Yeah. What we, know, what we now know is VR. But in my like nine or 10 year old 2000 brain, I was like, this is like, it's happening right in front of me. Like yeah. just thinking it was like the most like advanced shit ever. Um, yeah. It's like I'm doing the war. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a, the, the, one of my like male friend groups, I just I texted when we were talking about VR. I just texted like anyone tried out uh anyone tried out VR VR porno yet? Yeah. And and immediately re- get replies like text not there yet. <laughs> like the ally keeps to work out. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, don't even don't even bother with yeah, it. Yeah, don't bother, man. Yeah. Not worth not waste a lot waste of time, a lot of money. Yeah. Go analog. Wait uh, five years. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of VR porn. Uh, mm-hmm. I did try a game called VR Kanojo, which is, uh, I think it's the Japanese word for girlfriend, right? Kanojo. And I tried it because a friend had been describing a game where you sit somewhere and they teach you a language. Uh-huh. And mm. you're the and they and they described it as you're sitting in like a girl's room and, and they're teaching you Japanese. And it's like a really cool way to take language lessons because you're like in an environment and somebody's talking to you. And I was like, is this that game? Clicked it and got it without doing any homework other than, oh, yeah, this girl has a book and she's reading to you. Mm-hmm. But this this game is just a creeper game. Like mm-hmm. the girl talks to you and then she's like, I'm tired I, I need to take a nap or something. And she lays down on the bed and then the game highlights what you can touch on her. Oh, no. And I right. was like, oh, this is this is just assault. This is just an, an assault simulator. This yeah. girl is sleeping. And it the in order to progress to the next section, I have to t- I'll touch her head. And she's like, <laughs> like in her sleep. And I'm like, oh, no, no. So that's uh. I mean, you like you could see that you could touch her panties, and I was like, "Ah, this is I can't. This feels horrible to me. This feels horrible." Uh, That is not the language teaching game that my friend was describing. No, it seems like it'll teach you something else. Yeah. Also, she's a child. (laughs) Yeah. Fucked. How suspicious would you, would you guys get if I got a VR headset and then like a week later was like fluent in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I'd be like, what's the game, Nick? That's the one uh, I'm looking for. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> don't worry you about it. Just pick, you kind of just pick stuff up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I mean... Also, I did Google, I Googled it, and the images that come up are basically pornography. Like, it's, yeah. this is... Oh, really? Well, yeah, wait, like... Wait, wait, really? Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Like, so... I typed in VR Kanojo Steam. That's all. Oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> So, content warning for anyone out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bing safely. 
Oh yeah. no, she gets naked later. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, and she teaches you sexy lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no, I didn't get this far in the game. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I mean, like, I, I guess we'll keep this section of the podcast in, but what a what a discovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Careful out there. You just you never know. These days, you just never know what what's uh, what's on the up and up. I can't believe this is where it gets to from. From she, the first thing is she comes in with a book and she's like, I want to read, it. I'm going to study. And I was like, oh, cool. We're going to do language lessons. And she sits down and she says, nonsense. And then she's like, I'm tired. And she goes to sleep. <laughs> gets to oh, no. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. So you think you're going to 100% this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Triple platinum. How? <laughs> um, oh my god! I, I've been playing. I've been playing a couple things. Yes, you know. I um, I'm on the final loop in Death Loop. As wow! An and there are a couple of like things, like a couple other tasks I want to do that are like optional to the to the game, like to get certain weapons and stuff. And I kind of want to do uh, a few more of those before I complete uh, the final loop. I I do want to I I want to get back to it and finish that though but I also I got Metroid Dread and yes. you know in addition to playing some of the games that we have like for this month and then games that are uh on the horizon for us I have not been able to put down Metroid Dread and Metroid Dread is like it's all I think about and I'm not wow. like I wouldn't even say I'm like a huge Metroid like fan I like I've not played a lot of Metroid. This is maybe my mm -hmm. first, well, not even my first. I bought Metroid uh, Samus Returns for the 3DS and I never finished it because I didn't understand the appeal of like, you know, it's silly to call it a Metroidvania because it's like the thing that invented the, the word, but that type sure. of game where you sort of have to go back to, you know, where you were before because now you have a new power and things like that. But I think having played like Carrion having played um, Ori in the Blind Forest. Yes. Gave me uh, like that type of game. And uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that I was like, I finished both those games. I think I can do this. And so now I'm just locked in on Metroid Dread and I, I love it. It's so, and it's hard in a way that is like not punishing. It's just, it's just so good. Uh, and I, I, I called it a, it's like learning a beautiful dance because like the game tells you how to play and right. it shows you how to win when you, when you're paying attention, like you, if it, cause every boss has clear tells for how to, how to avoid their attacks and get in there and like, and fuck them up real good. Um, but it takes a, a few, a, a few turns to learn how to do that. Right. Um, and so I'm like dying, I'm dying a bunch, but I'm studying and I'm watching like Craid or whoever, um, like get, uh, get nice and like, fuck me up real good, but they don't know. I'm learning their little dance and yeah. I, I'm, I got some missiles with their name on it and I hope they like to eat missiles cause I'm serving them up at the Samus restaurant where I kick your ass. 
That's that's the advantage you have as the player. Yes. Is that you get to you get to d- try this over and over again and figure everything out. They don't know that they've they don't killed know me that. before. No. But I know that I've been killed 10 times, 15 times, 20 times. <laughs> right. And I'm back yet again. Here I am. Hope you're hungry for some missiles. And I I I think I'm almost done with it. Yeah, I've I've heard it's not super long. I yeah. I bought it and I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. But I I, I love the Metroid franchise. I love the series. Yeah. I love the two D Metroids in particular. I I did see and you know uh, 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 I saw this on the Metroid subreddit. We're recording this like a few days after the game came out, and already there's sub two hour speed runs. Wow! So people are have already figured out how to just like blaze through this game. I I bet by the time this episode releases, it'll be under sixty minutes. I saw. Yeah, it's because I saw that there are there are things you can do to like sequence break it and get stuff that you shouldn't have mm-hmm. early on. And like there's like a way to beat a boss in like one in basically like one round where mm-hmm. instead of doing all three, you can just really fuck them up. Um, and I watched how to do it and I was like, I'm never going to do this. <laughs> That's just like it's. Uh, I was like, these are the like these these gamers. They're different. They're built different. Yes. I was like, I'm not yes. like this. I'm never no. gonna go back and try to do this again. I'm sort of a one and done guy. Um, but I, I Samus is so cool. Um, it makes me want to go back and play the Metroid games, particularly Super Metroid, because everybody's comparing you play Super it Metroid, yeah, favorably to to that one. Um, and I just I just love it, and I like the the world, and I also I watched a YouTube video. I watched like a 40 minute YouTube video about like the story and chronology of the Metroid franchise, just so I could understand the story leading up to dread. And I just think it's so cool that Nintendo is like, we're going to have such a dense continuity for this character. Cause like, if you really think about it, she's in like five games. Like, like, I mean, this is the fifth game in this series. There aren't that many Metroid games, but she's such an icon. Well, there's the Metroid Prime games, yeah. but those are kind of their own canon. Yes. It's so crazy that there's just so... I mean, even with those, sure. Mm-hmm. There's eight games, and then the other M, and then uh, Metroid Prime Hunters. That's 10 games. Right. And there how, there's like probably like... I don't know how many Mario games are there. Like 30? Like, there's like so many of them. Um, yeah. It just different 31, iter- as of a new one came out while we were recording oh, this. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I yeah. forgot about that one. Um, yeah. But like, it's just so cool that they like let a character like Samus, like sort of breathe and like have, have her own sort of like space to like tell a cool story. I think that's awesome. Is there a Nintendo character, which has been treated with the same sort of disrespect as Sonic the Hedgehog has like, Mm. is there, is there, is there a, a, an IP in Nintendo that has been burnt? Because, like, when a new Sonic game comes out, you're like, I, I mean, recently with Sonic Mania, it's a little different. But, like, yeah. for a long chunk of time, a new Sonic game would come out and you'd be like, Ugh. you know? Yeah, like, there's there 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 really isn't, a, I don't think, a Nintendo equivalent. It's it's like, I, I guess probably, you know, the closest thing I think would probably be Star Fox. I was going to say, yeah. Just because mm-hmm. they, they, you know, the first couple Star Foxes were good and then everything out since then has never really lived up to it. They've, they've, tra- they've had a couple big misfires. But mm. but it's but the the issue with Sonic is like he's also the icon of the company and he's almost on equal footing with Mario himself. So it's like it's a I don't hey maybe after the Mario movie comes out we'll have a new answer. <laughs> maybe that'll be what changes it. 
<laughs> just Chris Pratt being like, hey, I don't know. Uh, oh, this is crazy. I'm jumping on a turtle. What's happening? Yeah. Wow. Uh, that <laughs> happened. <laughs> It's going to be so, you know what they're going to do. It's going to be like, you'll hit because Charles Martinet's in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So clearly what's going to happen is it'll start with Mario. Yahoo. Yahoo. Yippee. Yo, it's me. I'm Mario. And then some fucking shit's going to happen. And Chris Pratt's going to be sucked into Mario and have to like survive as Mario. So that he can straight man his way through the game and and or through the world and and provide comedy, mm-hmm, and right. then you know, which also is kind of how they did Detective Pikachu. It was like, yeah, how do we justify Ryan 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 Reynolds? Yeah, was that who it was? Mm-hmm. Yes, as the voice. I like Detective Pikachu. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, and I also thought that that was just like, you know, hey, if, if the if the outcome of the Mario movie is Detective Pikachu, God bless him. I hope that's what I hope. I hope that's the, the level we get, because the, the Detective Pikachu also just like honored the world. Like, it's just like, yeah. oh, this is just a world where humans and Pokemon coexist. It's and they're not like they're like not like this is random. It's just sort of like, oh, yeah, we just this is the world we live in. Yeah, that's how you treat it. I if they want to go as far as to. Market that there is a, Mar- a Super Mario movie coming out, and then just show Detective Pikachu. I won't be upset. Just play it again. I'll, <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> but hey, you know we could talk about. The games we're playing all day. But also, I thought we, we should probably talk a little bit about uh, something adjacent to this month's topic Ooh. as we as we as we get as we finish up uh, this year's. How did this get slayed? We're going to talk about some spooky game music, some scary tunes. Don't be scared. Or be scared. Or, or be scared. Or, yeah, yeah, I've actually that's something you like to do for this month. Get a little yep. scared. Right. Go exist off. exist in your fear space however you'd like. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, don't let me tell you what to do. But don't So how scared. do you see this? How do you how do you see this working, Weiger? You you want to just like cue up a song that you find spooky? Or let's all just go. Let's let's just take turns. Let's just go one at a time. We'll each we'll each play a day, we'll each play a track. Okay. And we'll sort of say what why why we picked it and what association we have with the game that it comes from. And my first one. I had to pick something from Diablo 2 Resurrected. This is the main title theme. Now, they, what they did with the music is they just reused the music and they just, you know, uh, plussed up the quality a little bit. I guess they they remastered it, but it's the same music from the original game. Honestly, I can't tell the difference audio fidelity wise with what was in the original release. I'm sure it's a little better quality and probably, you know, remixed for surround sound or whatever the hell the current standard is. Uh, but the uh, the I'm just pick the main title theme. And this is the, the, the when they released the Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction expansion, they changed the title theme to the current title theme. And, you know, that's what everyone knows. And it's really good. And let's just play some of this because I think it sets the mood really well.
So this is much, this is like about as orchestral as the score gets. Yeah. So much of the score is like very is like acoustic and atmospheric. Um, there's a track that's just an acoustic guitar and an oboe duet. You know, there's all that sort of stuff. There's some that kind of has sort of industrial influence to it. But this is just like kind of a straight ahead, like, hey, this game is going to be some shit's going to go down. And they do a neat trick in this, which is when you get to the final dungeon, this is the this is the music. Just like, oh, it's the title theme. Oh, wow. It's like a, it's like a great like, I don't know. It's just it's just a great little like, hi, it's that song. And then you're kind of like, oh, that's where this song is from. Like you kind of like for whatever reason that that makes logical sense to you. Now, can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. So the guy on the box here, on the box art, that Diablo? Uh, Diablo is, I believe, on the box. I think on, on the expansion, they used Bale, okay. uh, who is the big, the big heavy in, in that game. But I actually, I haven't, I don't, uh, let me look. I, mean, I guess I'll open up Battle.net and see what the He's sort Diablo of like a hooded guy with a bone is. face and like a... Yeah, that's Diablo. That's a scary looking guy. Yeah. That's a good gets good character design. I was he appeared from darkness when I was playing the track. I got to say, it scared me a little bit. The art's really good and then if you watch the cinematics for, you know, the the expansion, they made they, they did they do a thing in this game which is really good, which we talked about a little bit with Silent Hill 2, which is like there are some things that are just like upsetting cuz they're just like disgusting in a way you haven't thought mm-hmm. of before, you know. I feel like Bale's character design in particular, he just like, he was like, it's like gross. He's just like a gross dude. I was like, Ugh, I don't want to be around that guy. Like he's like scary. Cause he's like just unsettling in appearance yeah. kind of in the way in, in kind of like a jigsaw almost, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, like, Ugh, I guess fucking weird. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't know. That's my first pick. We'll see how many we get to. Heather. Why don't you, why don't you uh, toss to one of yours? Well, I'd like to, to, bring a track from the original Game Boy and it was from <clears throat> a game that you might know as Pokemon. Now, one of the greatest things about Pokemon is in the Pokedex, there's so many creepy implications to so many different Pokemon. Like the game mm-hmm. has a weird kind of spooky sensibility around its corners when you're not bike riding over a bridge or like trapping a Pikachu, you go to a town where there's a graveyard, a Pokemon (laughs) graveyard, and dead Pokemon are buried there, and you have to capture a ghost-type Pokemon, and this is the song that plays, and you're like, playing this happy game, and then this shit happens. This legitimately did used to uh, scare me. Like the mm. idea of this still kind of scares me in in media. Yeah. But the like, I mean, you just talked about it in Silent Hill too. But the idea of a haunted town is so scary to me because not just like one or two things. Like, oh, that house is haunted. I could avoid that house. A town, the entire town, fucked up, scary. Yeah. And so the theme of this town is. Where the ghost? This is where the ghosts are. Uh, no way. I'm. I'm not. I'm not visiting Lavender Town. 
They they do a similar thing in in Final Fantasy VI where there's like a you know a town where it's like a haunted town where there's random encounters and that's like a really like whoa this town is not like a safe place this town is like dangerous you know yeah but this but this the this this track is much more harrowing. This was written by Junichi Matsuda, uh, and I think I think he nailed it. Also, it was remade for Pokemon Go. During the Halloween events, it would play wow. during uh, specific Pokemon Go events. I think that's that's pretty charming. It's a great pick. A great it. pick. Um, okay, well, why don't we go on to to one of mine? And because we talked about this game a little bit earlier, mm. um, and so I thought I'd pick a track. I kind of just knew we would end up talking about it because it's such a classic in in the horror genre. Thought, why not pull a track from Resident Evil 4? And the song that I picked is for when you're you're when El Gigante is, is coming around. And here's here's that song. You know those big fucking nasties? Mm, yes. If this I just think about the reality of these games, obviously characters and things don't think right. about music that they're experiencing but if you heard this in your life you'd be like well i'm about to die this is not good <laughs> like this yeah, song communicates horror so well to me how long do you think you would stay at a party like if you if you went to a party, yeah, and it's like a bunch of people milling about, and somebody keeps coming out and being like, "I'm so sorry, we're trying to fix the music. I don't know what why this is happening." But this was playing the entire time. How long do you think you'd stay? At the party? It's generous <laughs> that you think I was invited to a party. Oh, wow. Or actually, rather that I'd go to that I'd go if invited. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I will say at a party, I'd rather hear that than Lavender Town. <laughs> that would, I would find that more horrifying. Yeah, you just like bobbing your head at like yeah. by the by the speakers, and everyone's like, "What's what? wrong with Nick?" A <laughs> uh, great pick. Hey, I, I you know Heather picked a a a Pokemon game that's not a horror game, and I got another one that's also that's that's also not a horror game, and also a Nintendo game, and a Koji Kondo track. This is from Super Mario World. The Ghost House. So if I heard this, I'd sort of be like, something's wrong, <laughs> but I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Could be worse. This is like, this is like you ordered a vanilla milkshake and the person behind the counter is like, I'm pretty sure you ordered strawberry. And you're like, uh, no, I ordered vanilla. Well, there's a strawberry shake here on the counter for you, and they're sliding it towards you really slowly. I mean, I guess I'll have it. I don't want to. You don't want to pour it down the sink. Enjoy your and strawberry thanks. shake. Do you think they do like orchestral versions of this for the movie? Or they think they stick they with the, might. Ko- the the Koji Kondo originals. 
I, I you know what? I wonder I don't know who's doing the score. I think it's, there's a chance that the the score just has like hints or allusions of the Mario themes, but it's mostly its own thing. But I, I hope I, it's I, Howard I, yeah, I Shore and it's just the Lord of the Rings music. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great that's a great pick, Weiger. Um, my next pick. I I I was like that. There's 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 music that's in games that is is ignored or not released on soundtracks. This sort of like incidental tension music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of my favorite incidental tension music was in Last of Us Part Two. So this isn't in the game. I mean, not on the game soundtrack, but it's in the game. When you're like hunkered down or under pressure from multiple enemies and it's got like a really good spooky, scary feeling, like a tension, anxiety feeling. So why don't we hear some of the um, tension themes from The Last of Us Part Two? This is just like your back's up against a wall. Yeah. And you hear like, why don't you check over there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, Frederick, oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Listen to this part. This is great. I love it. It really does set a mood. Yeah. Top to it bottom, really it's does. like, yeah. what a what a, what a a full experience that yeah. game is. They do such a good job with stuff like this. You boys were recently texting about how you didn't like the Santa Barbara section. I was saying I liked it. Oh. I, I thought, I kind of feel like, like, the more I think about it, the more distance I get from the game, the more I'm like, I feel like that was just an extra little, just a little extra coda that we didn't need. And I feel like the if you end the narrative before that chapter, I won't get too specific because I think just I think that it's enough of a spoiler already. What we said, I think if you, I think if you'd if you'd ended it before that chapter, it would have been a a less conclusive, but I think more satisfying narrative. And I, and I think also for a game that kind of has pacing issues and kind of maybe you know it, it I, I think it probably would have would have been addition by subtraction. But I don't know. I did like playing. I like playing through it. It's like a very fun gameplay section. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's the distinction that we were making when we were. Yeah, when we were talking about it. Was that if I, was I like, hadn't if I hadn't played Death Stranding before that game, the ending would have been a completely different experience. Sure. Yeah. But Stranding straight up ruins the ending of Last of Us. Part yeah. Two. Just fully eats its lunch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like it's like imagine. A week and a half before you have to like go do like you're you're presenting your science fair project or something. And the bully at school is just like, can you imagine if some idiot made a volcano that, that <laughs> made foam? Can you fucking imagine that? Yes. <laughs> and then like you have to present your volcano after it's become like a meme at school. Yeah. All right. It's it's brutal. It's so what's up? Um Okay, so this is this one. This one is kind of incidental, spooky 
It, I don't. You guys are gonna give me guff. I know you're gonna mm-hmm. give me guff. Cause it's not. It's not scary, but it is. It's Halloween. Okay. Okay. And it is the um, Halloween Town combat music from Kingdom Hearts. Not scary, right? But I think takes does good or does well with um, what Danny Elfman did with the Nightmare Before Christmas music. This is the Nightmare Before Christmas world in Kingdom Hearts. Iterates on that in a fun way and makes it combat stage music. Very fun. Yeah, it's good. Well, this makes me feel like I should have brought in a Darkstalker song. Is that scary or no? Well, it's like a it's like a Street Fighter, but it's all like mummies and Draculas mm. oh. and stuff fighting each other. Yeah, and made by Capcom. <laughs> some, also, some horny ass character designs too. Abadaka, I can't believe you don't know what Darkstalkers is. I want to burn myself alive. <laughs> I yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I've, I've never played it. I've never heard of it. Oh. That it sounds. Oh no. I I would love to. <laughs> I would love to l- oh look at God. it. It's, oh, it's just no. the age gap at play. I mean, because they didn't make a lot of Darkstalkers, right? They made, did they even make more than one? Yeah, they did. They made Vampire Savior, Darkstalkers. The characters show up in Marvel vs. Capcom. What's that? I do know the characters in Marvel Capcom. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Woof. I played oh, the original. Man. Yeah, I, I, I thought those were... Uh, I like the characters in Darkstalkers a lot. Yeah, oh, Nick was not kidding. Some of these character what? designs. Very oh, horny. Horny? Yeah. yeah. No, very horny. It's just one. It's another one of those games where somebody was like, hey, y- you played this fighting game? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, it's from Capcom. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then I sit down and play it. And it's just another pornography game that I'm in my VR helmet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play. <laughs> what? A, I feel like some of that is like, I mean, obviously they do it intentionally to like to sell games right they're like okay let's put the like you know this this one in the front um but i wonder if it, some of that is like hey did you turn in any of your drawings for work today and they're like uh uh no oh. like they actually <laughs> drew that and was like i guess this yeah can we took when we put this in the game marge simpson with big boobs yeah. no <laughs> I got one more. Let's do this it. This is another this is another Koji Kondo. Man. And this is from hey, you know, we we're talking, you're talking Deathloop. We've been talking time loop games. What time loop game did it better than The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? And here's a track uh, portending the end of the world. Final hours. I'm seeing some art from this, and I don't mm-hmm. know if this is like official art from it or if it's like fan art or like updated art. But does the moon always look at you like this in the in that game? Yeah, the moon's kind of a jerk, um, and he's gonna ruin things for everybody uh, at the end of the third day. Oh, so this no. is what this is. You know, you hear this happening. That moon's about to fuck some shit up. This is a great track Weiger and I have never heard it before because I did not play Majora's Mask it's great 
It's uh, it's one of my one of the best 3D Zelda's IMO. I think I put it just after Breath of the Wild. Wow, it's really good. I want to go back and play it. I, I yeah, I've, I've never. Hopefully, they put it on the Nintendo 64 uh, thing for um, Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, yeah, there was a GameCube re-release, I think, but that's I think. Uh, yeah, it's I just I wish I wish these games were more easily easy to play these days. Yeah. Oh yeah, hopefully I'm on that 64 thing. Uh, the Blood Moon in Breath of the Wild is scary. Just Very as a scary. concept. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They can do what? Come back when that moon comes. That hit me once. I think I said that uh, there's that island where uh, you you get like stripped of all of your possessions and armor and everything, and mm-hmm. and you're just ha- you just have to kind of fend to survive and go through this whole gauntlet. And I was on that island trying to do that, and the blood moon hit, and I was just like, "Well, this is just hopeless. Yeah. What am I going to do now? <laughs> hopeless. Yeah. There's no. I just have. I literally just had to like leave. Yeah. I was like I can't do this." I'm out. Yeah. Heather, I think you got another pick. I do have another pick. And this is from a game that we played last year uh, in Cogember. Uh, One of, in fact, the only terrifying experience I've ever had playing a video game. This is a track from the soundtrack of PT. uh, And it is background music eight. Yeah, a hellish experience. So <laughs> it just keeps descending. Also, you like normally with songs like this, it starts like high and then goes it, like there's a this just goes down. Yeah, it's still going down. This if you if this played in your own house in the middle of the day while you were making a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like, just you started hearing this, I'd faint for yeah. sure. Yeah. And when I woke really up, upset. I would have shit and pissed myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's demoralizing. This is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Devin could tell us if this is one of those things that sounds like it continues to go down, but isn't actually going down. Where it like takes over at high again at some point. Is that called a shepherd tone, I think? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, that is what that is, yeah. Wow. That's our that's our producer, uh, music producer, uh, Devin Bright, hey. chiming in with, this it, This is a scientifically scary sound. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because there's only so many octaves you can descend. So This track goes on for two hours. Just kidding. Very scary. I don't like it, but I do like it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to. They didn't have to snap on us like that with yeah. how scary it is. Too scary. Uh, but very good for this. Very good for this. My final pick. Maybe it'll. You know, it's maybe it'll still be scarier. Maybe it'll cheer us up a little bit. It's um, Boo from Luigi's Mansion Three. That's some classic Halloween right there. Yeah, that's good. One of those organs? One of those spooky organs? 
You can hear the cobwebs. Picture Luigi being a little coward. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. I, 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 I give Luigi a lot of shit, right? I'm, I'm relentless, really, with yeah. my bullying of the older or younger brother. What is he? Older, younger. <laughs> I forget what the I think they were I think they're twins but one of them is slightly older. What? They're twins? I think so. I think so. I think that's the that's the thing I read most recently. Well, I just want to say even though you know, I, I wish that Luigi didn't exist. <clears throat> the fact is that he does. And it's kind of horrible that Nintendo keeps subjecting him to things like haunted mansions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, it's it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, but you know, somebody's got to do it. You don't you don't see Mario out here trying to take down these ghosts, do we? Right. And he's the he's the quote unquote hero. You know, and he's the guy that faces danger usually. But uh, Luigi's the only one out here sucking up these ghosts. So God yeah, bless there's him. not much not much Mario can do about ghosts. So they pursue him when he looks away and then he yeah. turns back and he can get them to stop, but he doesn't really usually have a way to defeat them. Yeah. I, I do think that, that Luigi's, uh, you know, experiences in the mansions are, he still would prefer them to the world search he had to do in uh, Mario is missing, <laughs> which was so tedious, joyless. Hey, how about that? Some we good spooky it. tracks. Some spooky tunes. Tunes. Hey, those were some scary tunes. We've been playing some scary games this month. And you have some thoughts on each of them. It's time for our review crew that involves you, the Ryu crew. Hadouken! More like... For Halloween, Rip. boo crew. That's nice. I like that. Um, okay, so I I have one from each game. We obviously we covered Nightmare on Elm Street for NES. We covered the Seventh yes. Guest, and we covered Silent Hill Two. So I have one review from each of those games, and this one is from Thou Art Dead on Twitter, and they write: In 1993, when I was eight. I saw the Nightmare on Elm Street NES box at my local video store, and it scared me so bad that I refused to go back inside the store for the rest of the summer. My father wow. and I would ride our bikes there, and I would send him in to get games for me. There's that one. Thank Do you know you. what's the scariest part of that review? What's that? Is the sound of your own cat meowing. I know, he's definitely <laughs> in the background. <laughs> going crazy, this guy. Uh, he's in trouble. Um... <laughs> This next one is about The Seventh Guest, and it's from Harvey Lime on Twitter, and they write, The Seventh Guest was one of the games that inspired me to get the, my first sound card to enjoy the soundtrack by The Fat Man. I remember being really drawn into the story and had fond memories of the game. On replay, not so much. And he gave it a 666 out of 1,000. Wow. You know, that's, that's not terrible. Not nothing. You reduce it, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, this is a good is soundtrack. Great. So- well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, and this one is from uh, Aranya Patona on Twitter. And, and they write Silent Hill 2, 10 out of 10. Great game. Would also rather eat a bowl of razor blades than play it again. Too spooky. You're right. You're absolutely right. 
I'll never. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish to rid that experience from my brain. I never want to think about it. <laughs> Uh, thanks for sending those in and keep sending them in as we play more games as we get into Hideo Kojember in the month of November. And right now, it's time for the question block. All right. This is a voicemail. And I'm just going to I'm going to play it. What's up? How did this get played? This is Kevin from the Chicagoland area. I am wondering, how do you feel about walkthroughs? Do you ever use walkthroughs? Do you like them? Do you think that they're cheating? What are your thoughts on walkthroughs? I just beat Resident Evil 7 with a walkthrough, and I don't think I could have even gone through one door in that game if I hadn't used a walkthrough to tell me what scary shit was coming at me next. So, yeah, that's my question. I love you all. Bye. Thanks, Kevin. Great question, Kevin. Well, yeah, we've talked about it. Or at least I've talked about it. Like, I'll I'll use walkthroughs for the show if we're in a time we we have you know only so much time to to get through a game, and I'd rather see more of it. And if it's a game I played before, I never feel any guilt about it because I'm just like, hey, I well, yeah, I I I know what to do. Like, I I've, I've done this before. I just kind of need a reminder to be nudged in the right direction. But and and honestly, sometimes if it's an older game, some some older games can be really obtuse. Mm-hmm. And just like not like like at the time, like, hey, uh, by by some developers own admissions, they made puzzles more obtuse in some old school adventure games to sell hint guides like that was a purposeful thing. So you can't necessarily pull everything that you need. You can't necessarily define what you're supposed to do from the the game itself. So in those circumstances, I don't feel any guilt. If it's a game that I want to play for fun, for for pleasure uh, or or a game that has. So where where like the the part of it is the challenge like I didn't use a I didn't use a ma- I didn't use a guide at all for like the Mass Effect games because mm-hmm. I wanted to experience those cold and like see what those things are like see what it's like you know I did so uh, or or you know Breath of the Wild honestly I played through all of Breath of the Wild without consulting a guide once because I'm just like I would I just want to experience this I just want to live in this so I think it just depends on. Uh, on the game and how much you want to to give it. I I will say that 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 for me I draw I do draw a dividing line between you know like hey here's like a a build guide for a character or here are some like gameplay tips and here is exactly how to solve each puzzle and progress through every obstacle. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what do you guys think? I think that for the podcast mm-hmm. there there've certainly been times where I'm like okay I don't I don't have the I I have a week to do this. I, I don't have time to figure it out. But there was part of me that was kind of sad that Apodaca's experience of Silent Hill 2 was a walkthrough mm-hmm. because part of Silent Hill 2 is the fear, like the, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do now. Yeah, like sure. wandering around in the city, which is, I think, a, a nice bridge between player and character. It's like, what the hell is happening here? Um, like there's a part in Silent Hill 2's world map, or maybe it's Silent Hill 1, I can't really remember, I think it's in 2, where like you come to an edge and the, the world just ends. It's like a cliff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the hell is this? Do I have to figure out a way down here? And if you have a, a walkthrough, you would know there's nothing to do there. It's just like environmental detail. So yeah, I, I, I second Weiger's voice here, which is just that 
there's an experience that you you deny yourself if you use a walkthrough, but sometimes you just don't have any other options. Like you've got to you've got to be like, okay, guys, I got. I have no idea what the solution of this puzzle is. And I've spent an hour trying to solve it. And I'm in, oh, it turns out that it's, uh, uh, the the one for me that that is most guilty of this was like Day of the Tentacle, where it's like, mm, right. you need to get like a cassette tape from like room B and, and hand it over to this person so that they can do this. Like those old Sierra games and those old uh, LucasArts games, all that stuff is like, unplayable for me without um some kind of guide well yeah and and part of that is 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 just and and i think this does tie in with silent hill too is like if you didn't play those games at the time you don't understand the conventions of them so like if you're coming to silent hill 2 for the first time and like you were like hey maybe not even born when it came out uh then like like you might not understand you might not be able to make the logical connection of like oh you might even be like i can interact with this thing like I know like this is or this is a cue for me to do this gameplay task, you know, or even even like, hey, I can dislodge this garbage that's stuck in a chute with this can of juice I found in a different hotel. You know, what I mean, it's just it's like some of these things are uh, it, it, modern games don't necessarily have the same logical leaps that they expect from the player. Matt walkthroughs. What do you think? Pro or con? I mean, I'm I'm pro. Uh, I, I mean, I did obviously. I, I used a walkthrough for my entirety of um, Silent Hill Two, uh, and the walkthrough that I did use was so detailed it told me how many like enemies I would face in each like corridor. It's like okay, there's gonna be right. two of them here, and that was honestly so helpful to me <laughs> because I needed that. I needed that information. I was like, okay, yes. I can handle two. I'll just poke them. I'll poke them with that stick that I have. Knock them down. Uh, but I i mean, I tend to not, yeah, I don't use them usually if I'm like trying to get really invested in the game unless I'm breaching a point of frustration in the game and I'm like, okay, what do I do next? What am I, what is, because I never want to like not have any fun if I'm playing a game. So I'll look at where I am specifically and I won't try to look at the larger picture of it all and just sort of like, okay, where am I? Um, and then I'll see what I'm supposed to do to move on to the next thing and then and then move on and then not look at it again uh, until until I get stuck or something. But I think they're good. You know, I mean, I also for Silent Hill 2, I played it on I didn't even play it on easy. I don't know if I mentioned this specifically. I played it on beginner, which is a notch lower than than easy. Right. Um, and it was still too scary for me. It was still too scary for me. Right. Yeah, I, I, I it, it's, it, uh, I, I think it's just situational, right? Like, it, like, I, I, yeah, I, 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 even, even as far as getting stuck, like sometimes in a game, I'm just like, wait, I'm really liking this game. I don't want to look up. I, I know I could get a walkthrough and figure out exactly how to figure out to, to get through that, to rest through this, but I don't want to do that to myself. I, I will, I, I will have more fun if I figure this out, but you mm-hmm. know, yeah, I don't know. It is. It, it, if, yeah. If, if it's going to stop you from experiencing a game that you would not not otherwise experience, I would say like, yeah, I'm all for I'm all for walkthroughs. Because it's it, you know it is just like because also if you're someone who's like I like to a hundred percent something or whatever, you might not you might miss an opportunity to do that in a playthrough. Oh, yeah. With like you know oh you missed this one thing that you can only get 
by doing it this specific way. You, you're not, mm-hmm. it's a miracle that anybody does that without a walkthrough. Look, if you're going to commit a thousand hours of your life to uh, get the platinum in a Yakuza game, <laughs> it, look up the guide by Cyrix Z. It's comprehensive. <laughs> it tells you exactly what to do. <laughs> Don't try to do that on your own. It's, it's situational. And also, God bless, uh, God bless our, our everyone out there putting those walkthroughs together. Thank you for your service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The unsung heroes of stuck gamers everywhere. Thank you. God bless you. Hey, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 6162Played. That is 616-275-2933. Music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And Matt, tell us what we're up to next week. Next week, Hideo Kajember begins with Police Knots. Go to hell, everyone. <laughs> what? what? Should just be your sign off every week. <laughs> <laughs>